around you. Tell them Happy New Year. We're going to dig into the Word this morning. I do have a couple of announcements uh, before we do. Uh, the first one is uh, we've got a prayer, a dedicated prayer season coming up beginning next week. Uh, not this week, but next week um, for 21 days, three weeks of prayer. For some of you guys, you're like, man, I pray every day. I don't understand what's special about 21 days. And for others of you, you're like, that's too many days. That's a lot of days. But we're going we're gonna to dedicate the first season of this year uh, for prayer and uh, it's, uh, we're going to do 21 days of prayer. It's in the mornings here at our church, beginning at 6.15 in the morning. I know, right? 6.15 to 7 a.m. So some of you guys that get to work early, you'll have a, a, uh, have a chance. I want to invite you out um, for that special season of prayer. I can tell you this. We've done this for a couple years now, um, and, uh, or for the past two years. And there's just something unique about setting aside a season at the very beginning dedicated to just say what we sang this morning and what Kayla said earlier, which was, I'm going to make space for God. I'm going to make room for God. This is what we learned. This is what I've learned, is that if you will make space for God, he will fill it. You can trust him. He'll fill it. So I want to encourage you, make space for him. There'll be uh, uh, um, several opportunities for that. Coming up in that season, uh, you you will we'll gather together to pray in here. You won't have to pray in front of anybody. So you'll be able to either sit in your seat or you can stand or whatever. You won't have to pray, but there will be some guided prayer. And then there'll be some time for you just to pray and read scripture alone. And so uh, I can give you a little bit more details about what the order that looks like, but it's nothing to, we're not going to, I'm not going to come up here and tell you, okay, now it's your turn to grab the microphone. Because some of y'all, I just said that word and you're like, <laughs> I'm out. So. I want to encourage you to be here for 21 days of prayer. Uh, we've got a couple other things. Small groups will begin in, in uh, coming up in February uh, after our, our prayer time. We'll have opportunity for uh, us to get uh, engaged and re-engaged in uh, relationships. We'll have our next steps, which is our on-ramp to all things Four Corners. If you thought about being a part of Four Corners, that'll be our opportunity uh, in February as well as baptism. And um, so it's, we we got a lot of uh, incredible things coming up for this first season of this year. So, all right, hey, let's dig into the text. I've got a message this morning, and uh, the, the passage of Scripture is in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. It says this, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And so he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. We have one more passage in 1 Thessalonians, it's a few books later on in the New Testament. Paul's writing and he says this, rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. This is the word of the Lord. So this is the, this is the first day of the year for us, January 1st. There you go. 
It's also, uh, if, if you're following the 12 days of Christmas, we're about day seven or so. And uh, we've got, when, when we celebrate Christmas, some of you guys know the, the 12 days of Christmas song that uh, uh, Christ followers for a long, long time have celebrated actually 12 days of Christmas. And it starts on Christmas Day and then it goes all the way through to uh, January 6th. And so I just wanted to say this, we're, we're halfway through the Christmas season. And so those of you that still have some Christmas decorations that are up, all right, your Christmas tree's up, maybe you've got some lights on the house. Anybody put lights on the house? Any, any, any house light decorate? Good. Okay. I'm, I'm working up to that stage. My kids have been on me for a while. We, we don't. We just have a sad house. However, we do this year have two wreaths on the front doors. And so I figured like that was a, that was a good first step. Yeah, party man. I heard somebody. I heard amen. I heard that. So um, we're, uh, you're about halfway through. So I want to give you some grace here. Christmas is a season. And those of you that follow Jesus, it's a season that we get to recognize. And we don't just... December 26th hits, and all of a sudden we've moved on to the next thing. We're going to sit in this season for a little bit and recognize that, that God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. So uh, anybody already make up some resolutions? Do you have resolutions for, for this year? Uh, anybody, you made a resolution and you already broke it at breakfast? Yeah. I think we've all figured out that some resolutions stick and some resolutions don't stick. Um, I, uh, years ago. Many moons ago, many years, I decided that um, I was going to start working out. It was not long after uh, Lindsay and I had gotten married, and uh, I decided to start working out. And, and uh, I was going <clears> to, <throat> honestly, guys, I was just going to get swole. And, um, and uh, it lasted for about three months. And then all of a sudden, uh, one day, I just decided I'm done. Uh, my goal has been hit. I was then swole. And, um, and then I basically never worked out again until this year. That was about 15 years ago. And uh, this year, and uh, my goal was not to get swole, as you can tell. Um, but I, but, but I, I started working out again. But I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't really touch a weight again for about a decade. I, my brother, one of my brothers, he started, uh, he decided that he was going to run a triathlon. And so uh, he trained, and uh, then he ran the triathlon race. Actually, he ran a couple of them. And then he got a sticker, and then he put the sticker on his car and with the little numbers on there to make all the rest of us feel bad to say that he ran and swam and biked and, and did all the stuff. And then, and, then, um, and then he never really trained anymore, and he's done now. And um, I hope he hears this as I'm talking, as he does, hears the podcast. Uh, I, I, I've, I've noticed... With my brother, he really only does, now he's done infinitely more than me, so I can't make too much fun of him, but uh, I've noticed he re, that, that, that rhythm really only shows up when he has a, when he has a goal, when, there, when there's a goal in line. And, and I laugh because, you know, one of the things we learned about habits is that when they're about a goal, they usually fade away. And so uh, James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, makes the point that habits that are about a goal tend to fade away. But habits that are built up based on an identity, they usually stay. So habits built on a goal fade. Habits built on an identity uh, usually stay. So some of you that decided, you know, years ago that you were going to make a goal that you were uh, going to run. Maybe you're going to run a half marathon or something. And anybody, anybody ever run a half marathon? Anybody run a full marathon? Okay, yeah, keep those hands up. You're like, yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. Right here, anybody looking? Maybe some of you did, and then you just, in, instead of being like me, 
Maybe you just decided just to keep on running. And you've just, you've just kept, now, now you're not running because of a goal. You're running because you're a runner. You don't have a goal to necessarily, maybe sometimes you'll do a race or something, but you run because why? Because it's, it's who you are. You're a runner. And so there are, there are Christian versions of this. Um, uh, maybe you decided, you know, to read your Bible or uh, maybe in, in a different year, maybe you've thought that I'm going to read my Bible. There, there, are ver- there are plans you can do where you can read your Bible in a year. Uh, which is which is pretty good. Uh, that's that's pretty incredible. That's a um, that'd be a, a big goal. But I think the worst thing you could do is to do a plan, read the Bible in a year, which is a, a pretty pretty big goal. And then at the end of the year, go okay, I did it. And then you say okay, I finished. I finished the Bible. I finished God. And so now I'm just going to set this aside and I've completed the task. And then never pick up the Bible again. Right? That would, that would sort of defeat the, defeat the purpose. A better habit would be to say, I'm going to read the Bible because I want to know God. And I'm a child of God. And so a habit that's built on a goal is going to fade. A habit built on an identity is going to stick. And so this morning I want to talk to about something that's really at the core of the Christian life. And if you make this your identity then, then it will become the single greatest change in your life this year. Now, I want, I want to, I'm going to let that settle, what I just said. I did just say the greatest change in your life this year, and I don't want to oversell it or undersell it. I think that is a, an appropriate statement. Uh, it is going to be the greatest change in your life. There, there, there are going to be a ton of changes this year. So few of them you actually have control over. The, all of you are going to grow another year older. The young people are like, yes, how much closer? I'm going to drive. I'm going to get to drive. Freedom. Older ones in here, you just groan. Oh, another year. <laughs> you, don't have any, you don't have any control over it. Things that will happen at work that you had no idea were coming. Breaking news stories are going to continue to flood your feed every single day because everything is breaking news. And even... Even the breaking news, the for real breaking news, those things are going to, they're going to, you don't have control, they're going to happen. Culture is going to continue to change so rapidly, we're, we're, we're barely, we're, we're, many of us are not going to be able to keep up. It's just going to feel like, it's just going to feel like we're in this, not, not, not a, a marathon race, I'm talking a sprint race nonstop. It's, in fact, the only thing that you can, that you really can change, or that you can really control about your own change, is... You. It's, it's you. It's the only thing. So here's the question. What about this year will actually be any different? What about this year in you or in me will actually be any different? At risk of having the majority of you tune me out immediately, I do want to make an argument this morning that the most impactful change for this, for the, that you can make this new year, not, so that it's not just another year, but it's this year, a new year, most impactful is also the most natural and the most basic change that you can make. But it's also the most challenging change that you can make. And that is to become somebody who learns how to pray. Learn how to pray. What I'm not saying is necessarily for you to pray more or for you to have more prayer lists or for you to go to more prayer meetings or for you to read more prayers while you're scrolling through, 
What I'm saying is for you to become in your identity a person of prayer, a person of prayer. I'm not talking about a habit of prayer, but an identity of prayer. The idea is I don't run, I am a runner. I don't pray, what I am is a person of prayer. And so what I want to say is this, I realized the tension this morning, you, many of you are in here and you're like, Joel, it is New Year's Day and I, I got here, like I'm here. It's, it's New Year's and I'm already here. This was the win. This was the success. And I just walked in the door and here you are now telling me that the goal of the year is for me to become a person of prayer. I don't even, I don't even know, I, I'm not sure I can take much more of you right now. I get that, I understand that. I do, there are some, I want to, I want to just name some of the objections to prayer that I've heard, maybe you've heard, that I've said, maybe you've said. A couple objections, one of them is, is I, I don't know how, I don't know how to pray. Maybe, uh, you know, I just started coming to church, or I don't, I don't really know how. Is it that for the professionals? And, and I don't know how to pray. Isn't that for professionals? Or, or maybe you've been in a church a long time, and you've taken on the role of of the, it, it, not the not the prayer, but you're the, the chief nodder, all right? And so other people pray, and you just, mm. and that's your role. You're like, I don't pray. I nod, and I agree with people. I agree with you. In fact, right now, I'm nodding for you, Joel, right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe that's your objection. I, I, don't, I don't really know how. Or another one is I don't have time. I don't have time. So maybe, you know, we, we outsource everything else. It's it's not that I just don't know how, it's that I don't have time. And so, I, you know, you're thinking, isn't that why we pay you, Joel, so that you become the person of prayer, you know? We outsource, you know, our HR work, we outsource the bookkeeping work, and we outsource uh, this, this other, all these other things in my life. I'm going to outsource my prayer life, too. There you go. You're holding the microphone. Now, dance. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's the idea. I, I don't have time. And I get it. Time restraints are a real thing. It's a reality. Some of y'all are up, and you're like, my day starts at 5 a.m. It's it, it for real. I'm up. I'm out. I'm in the office. I have a meeting at 630. I have a meeting at 7 a.m. I'm online. Zoom's going. I'm on an airplane every Monday, every Monday morning. I get it. The time restraints are, are a real thing. It's just a real problem. Or maybe, maybe the third one is this, is I, I'm not sure that it matters. I don't think it matters. These first two can be our initial reactions, but sometimes there's a darker reason. I'm just not sure prayer matters. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to work through, real quick, these objections and then I want to say a truth about prayer and about who God is. And then I want to give a practice to go along with each of those. So I'm going to, I'm going to say what the objection is. I'm going to tell you what the, what the truth is or the statement about God. And then I want to give a, a practice. And so our, our passage of scripture that we read this morning, I'm going to read uh, part of it again, Luke chapter 11. I want us to get the picture. Jesus is with his disciples and he's praying in a certain place. I don't know if it was his regular go-to place, but I know that it was a specific place. It was a certain place. And he prays, but he prays in such a way and in such a dynamic that the people around him, his disciples, his followers, are, are curious. They've heard prayers before. You guys, y'all, you're, 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 you know, you've been in the South. You've, you've scrolled through 
you know, social media, you've flipped the TV channels, you, whatever. You've heard enough prayers before in your life. There's something, there's something different here. And so Jesus is praying in a certain place. He says, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And so Jesus, he didn't say, oh, guys, for real, prayer is so easy. Man, just, oh, okay, fine, I'll teach you. There, there wasn't a groan. There wasn't anything. I get the feeling Jesus was waiting on this question. Sometimes Jesus waits on us to ask the question because the, the greatest learning that you and I can have, now you can take this spiritually or you can take this just in, in, uh, in life. The greatest learning is when we're the ones that are asking the questions, not when somebody else is telling us the question and then giving us the answer. And so here the disciples are, some bold disciple stands up. Now there's 12 of them, and one of them has the guts to stand up and go, Jesus, I'm going to be honest with you, it's clear none of us know what we're doing. You do. Will you teach us to do that? I'm not content to just sit back anymore and watch you do everything. Will you show me how to do that? And if we can't do that, just tell me, and I'll quit being so excited about one day looking like that. Instead, I'll just sit back and hold my role as chief nodder. And instead, Jesus looks at him and says, all right, when you pray, and then, he, and then he works through it. When you pray, say, Father, Abba, Dad, Father, hallowed be your name. And he works through I love this because it means we shouldn't assume that we ought to just know how to pray. You don't have to assume you just ought to know how to pray. Even the disciples didn't know how to pray. So three truths about prayer this morning, three truths. The first one is this, objection is I don't know how. The truth is, is that prayer is, a, prayer is a learned language. Prayer is a learned language. Now there is a native prayer in all of us that comes out. It's this kind of natural, primal instinct that comes out of a person. Uh, maybe you're driving down the road and your tires skid because there's ice on the road. Maybe you all have experienced this somewhat recently. <laughs> And you're, the, the, the tires skid on the road, and all of a sudden it's, it's, oh, God, oh, Lord, help me, or just help. That, that just primal, guttural reaction, that's a, th those are real prayers. Or maybe you've, just, maybe you've just gone on a trip, you've seen the most gorgeous landscape that you could possibly see, and your prayer that comes out, you don't even recognize, it's just, you're looking at the Smoky Mountains. You're looking at the Rocky Mountains. You're, at, you're down at the beach. The waves are coming in, and you just pay your breath. Wow. That's a, that's, a, that's a prayer. That's an instinctual, primal prayer. Or maybe something incredible has just happened. Or there's a relief, and you just go, oh, thank God. Thank God. Those are, those are natural, but, but these are natural guttural prayers. But it's one thing to know these, but the invitation of God is for you to grow in those prayers. So they're all there. They're all natural. Psalm, Psalm 8 even talks about the cries and the gurgles of babies, infants, are a chorus of praise to God. So we, there's a natural, but we're meant to grow in that. So we have, we have baby dedications here at the church. I love our baby dedications uh, for a lot of reasons, but... Um, uh, but 
what, you, what you'll have is sometimes we'll have a, a, a couple that'll come up or uh, we'll have several that'll come up and they'll be holding their, their little baby. And um, what they're going to do is they're going to dedicate their child to the Lord and they're going to dedicate themselves to raising the child in uh, the fear of the Lord, to take God seriously. And so I love them, but you, you've seen them if you've been here and you've seen the, little, the, the babies are squirming and they're making noises and sometimes the parent kind of is embarrassed because the baby's loud and you're just like, no, man, you're the baby, that's what babies do. They make no, they're 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 cooing and they're on and sometimes they're crying and, they're, and they get a little bit older they get into the little toddler stage and gets a little whiny all right and they're just you know and they're 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 all over the house and so it's one thing for us to know in our spiritual life that our prayers we have this natural prayer this natural language that God hears. It's one thing to know what that is, but if, but if all we've done is been told for us to pray what's in our heart, but never to grow from that, then as we get older and we follow Jesus, we're just going to stay, in regards to prayer, baby or, or toddler prayers, Christians. And so you get 10 or 15 years down the road and you've been told, just pray what's on your heart, just pray what's on your heart. And so you come around and you're supposed to be a 15-year-old, but instead you just sound like a whiny toddler. And this is, oh, God, will you please, just me and mine. And, oh, yeah, my, my, my. And, and, and we just have stayed in that same space because our language hasn't been developed. Our language hasn't been cultivated. But there is an invitation from the Lord to grow in what that looks like. And so we don't just automatically all of a sudden know how, but it's a learned language. So I want to give you a couple practices. Um, one of the practices that the church has used, uh, the people of God used for a, for a thousand years up to Jesus. And then for the past 2,000 years is the Psalms. The Psalms. The Psalms are the prayers of Jesus. He used those prayers, the people of God have used those prayers as a type of model to work from. So, um, uh, so anybody ever bought a greeting card before? Anybody ever bought a birthday card, anniversary card, get well soon card? Some of y'all need to buy some more cards. Y'all need to get in there. Y'all need to start, maybe, have you ever made your own card? That's even better. Make a lot of cards at the house. I'm just telling you, that's what we do. All right, cards have, they've increased. Eight ninety nine, that'll hit you. So we make our own, and they're better. They're worth more than eight ninety nine. You get a card, and what is it? You get a card from the from the from the store, and you read it, and you're like, "That's how I feel." And so you just write your name at the bottom, and you're like, "Here, all of that stuff." Maybe you even underline a word, or you highlight it. And you're like, "That one right there." You see, it says "love" right there, babe. Love. You ever y'all use cards before, right? So this is this. Pretty similar concept. The Psalms are models of prayer that we use that have already been written. They're the word of God, and you take them and you say, Okay, God, this is since this is the, the language of prayer, I want to learn your language. So basically you're going to prayer school. So you take the Psalms and you go, take, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to prayer school. Now, how many of you guys loved school when you were growing up? I think I may have seen a half, I think I saw a half hand, and then somebody was like, oh, I didn't. I just, I love PE. <laughs> so it, it, it is a challenge, but what you do is you take these models and what you do, so you have, so, so you have uh, uh, Psalm 23. 
You take Psalm 23, and you go, okay, well, I'm going to pray Psalm 23. How do I pray Psalm 23? You say, okay, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And you stop for a minute, and you go, okay, God, thank you. At the end of the day, I have everything that I need. You've taken care of me. You've provided for me. Thank you. And then you go to the next verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Sorry, guys, I'm a little off there. So you, so you, um, you take, and then you stop, and you go, okay, you lead me beside still waters. You bring peace into my life. Or, or you take Psalm 27. Say, the, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And you stop for a minute, and you go, God, you, you're the light of my life. You've, you light up all the dark places. It looks like there's dark in my life, but you've actually lit it all up, and you will light it all up. There's nothing that I have to be afraid of. There's, there's nothing that, that, that I need to fear. I don't need to, be, I don't need to be afraid of any of this. Or Psalm, Psalm 103, you say, you get Psalm 103 in front of you, you say, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You say, okay, God, apparently there's a lot of benefits to following you. So I'm going to list them out. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a greeting card. It's a prayer model. It's a, and this is what you're doing. You're going to prayer school. And sometimes it's awesome. And sometimes it's tough. But it's kind of the conversation that you may have with a kid, and they're like, I don't want to go to school. And you go, okay, well, you don't have to go to school. You don't have to go. But when you get older, you're going to sound just like this, and you're still going to know just this. And so what do you do? You put yourself in a position. I don't know how to pray, but can I tell you something? God's given us the tools to learn how, and maybe, just maybe, this could be, this could be your year. This could be your year. I think it is. So... How do we learn? We use prayer models. We actually have a prayer guide uh, with other prayer models that are in there. The Lord's Prayer, which is what I just read, um, is a prayer model that we work through. We have a prayer guide we're going to give out for our 21 days of prayer. And you can use that, and you go, I don't even know what my prayers can be. So I'm just going to read these prayers. I'm going to read them out loud. And you're like, Joel, does that even count? Yes, that counts. Yes, because God doesn't speak English. God speaks heart. What he's doing, he's hearing your heart. Where's your heart at? And he's forming those words. And over time, you begin to recognize the language of prayer begins to be developed in you. The second one is this. I don't have time. Here's the truth. Prayer, prayer can happen throughout your day. Prayer can actually happen all the time. So I know some of y'all are in here, you're like, you just, first off, I just told you I don't have time. And then you turn around and you just said, since you don't have any time, pray all the time. And you're like, that isn't, I don't even think it works. So 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul says this, to pray continually, pray all the time. So we just went from I don't have any time to pray all the time. I think what Jesus, when, when we come to faith, and, and, and he talks about this in, in John chapter 7, he mentions it in John chapter 4, what happens is the Spirit of God comes alive in you, and he, we get this picture of, of streams of living water, but bubbling water, the idea here is that the Spirit of God is already in you, and it's like, a, it's like a bubbling water that's already there, and you really have to work to kind of, uh, to kind of suppress it. you got to have to work to suppress it. The Spirit of God is already in you, and so you got to do a little bit of work to just kind of mash that down. So, for example, you wake up in the morning, and you recognize that somehow, by God's grace, you just had a great night's sleep, and you wake up, and you just go, man, I feel... I can already tell that God's with me this morning. The Holy Spirit's already stirred up in me. And, and instead of suppressing that, 
and just getting up and, and getting rid of that. Instead, you decide to pray. And later on, on your drive into work, instead of doing whatever rhythm you typically do, you go, okay, well, I got a little bit of space here. I got a little bit of time. Nobody's in the car. It's just me. And I guess it's just me and me and Jesus. And so I'll, I'll, I'll say a prayer. I'll, I'll, I'll pray here. Inside of you, there is a river of life. There's a river. The scripture says there is a river of life in you. And so the idea here is just don't turn off the tap. Just don't put the lid over that well. Don't turn the faucet off. It's already there, but recognizing that and then engaging that and then digging into prayer, you'll recognize that you don't have to get up in the morning and go, okay, I'm, Joel, I just spent three and a half hours of prayer in time, uh, in prayer with God. Look, here's the truth. D if you are going to do that, do it. And pray for me and my family and our church and go for it. And God does call us to times like that. My point is this, is that if one of our objectives is I don't have time, then don't think that I've got to separate three and a half hours. Just go, I actually, if the Holy Spirit's with me all the time, then how much prep work do I actually have to do? Do I have to sit in the room and light the candle, turn off all the lights? If everybody in the house is still asleep, I'm going to sit in, on my couch. I'm going to fold my arms like this, and then I'm going to, oh. If it requires that much prep, then it's not going to happen that often to, to start off with, I'm, most likely. So there's a, there's a river within you. And so use that. Use that opportunity. Take those moments. So, um, so Im imagine that uh, uh, some people, when they get married, they'll have date nights. You know, we're going to keep the date night going, and uh, maybe once a week, or or maybe it's once a month. And you're like, okay, that's good. And so, I want you to imagine that Lindsay and I we have date night, date night Friday night, date night, and we're going to go out, and uh, it's set in stone. We're going to go out, and we're going to be sure that no, no, all distractions are gone, and we're just going to focus and talk to each other. And so on Monday, I get home from work, and I walk through the door, and Lindsay comes up, and she goes, oh, you're not going to believe what happened at work today. And, I, and, and, and she starts to tell me, and I go, wait, 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 wait. Hey, I want to hear what you have to say. I do. But remember, Friday is our date night. And so we're just going to just hold off on that, hold on to that, and on Friday, when we go out, you can tell me all about that. All right. And then Tuesday, I get home from work. And she comes up. She goes, "Yo, she's it's the craziest thing at work today." And I go, "Wait, wait, wait, Lens, hold up, hold up, just a minute." <clears throat> Remember, we have date night on Friday, so just hold on to that one, and uh, I'll talk to you then. All right. I just need to go ahead and say for some of y'all, that's not happened. I, I'm, I, I can the faces of some of you women in here. The Spirit of God has left the room, and there are lasers. That hasn't happened. This is an illustration. All right. I'm just gonna imagine that this happened, and it didn't. <laughs> on Wednesday, I get in, and she goes, Joel, she's got tears in her eyes. You'll never believe what happened. And I go, shh. <laughs> Just go. Friday, it's on its way. If, <laughs> it would never work. It would, by the time Friday rolls around, Lindsay's not there. <laughs> It'd be crazy to have a marriage like that. So if it would be crazy to have a marriage like that, then why would we treat our relationship with the Lord like that? And so Sundays are a great time for us to gather and celebrate what Christ has done and to give opportunity 
for us here at Four Corners, at our four corners of a table, and say, everybody has a seat at this table. Come, come look what God's done. Experience, experience his love and his grace here. So it's, it's incredible to do that together. But if what we do is on Monday we turn back around and we go, oh, yeah, Sunday was good. Can't wait till next Sunday. Next Sunday because then I'll get to be with the people of God again and then I'll get to be with the Lord and I can talk to him. If we do that, I'm just telling you one of two things will happen. It will either be unsustainable and it won't last and you'll fall away because it, you, 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 can't, it, it can't, you, you can't eat once a week like that. Or it will get cold and hard and sterile and your faith will turn religious and Sundays you'll come in and you'll check mark the box and you'll say, I did the thing. And then you go back to Monday and your faith is nowhere to be found Monday through Saturday because it's cold religion. So our opportunity and our invitation is that we can pray all the time. And there are blockages that come up and we go, man, I'm, I'm not always in the mood to pray, Joel, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I get angry. Does the Lord know? Like if the Lord knows the, the, the number of hairs that are on your head, then he knows where you are and what you've gone through, and he knows what mood you're in. He knows, what, he knows what's the, the, the setting of where you are at your house or at work or in the car. Or wherever. He knows what those are. The goal is for us to recognize what those are because God already recognizes those, and then to bring that to him. So you go, Joel, does that mean I can pray when I'm angry? You can. You can pray when you're angry. God already knows it. He's not offended by it. In fact, the best thing you could do is to go to God and be like, God, I'm so angry. I'm about to sin. In fact, I'm currently sinning. (laughs) Will you be merciful to me? Can I, man, can I, can I go to prayer in temptation? Yeah. Yeah, you ought to go to prayer in temptation. You ought to do that. Can I go to prayer while I'm in sin? Yeah, you can go to prayer and you can trust God with every space that you are in, in every room, in every door. Can I go to God in that? Yes, that's the invitation. That's the invitation. And there are prayers, usually when I find myself in those same situations, I don't have good words for God. I don't mean like I'm going to like cuss God out. I, don't mean, I just mean I don't have good words. My words are angry words, like, Arg, I'm angry. <laughs> I mean, it's just I don't have work. And so what do I do is I take other prayer models and other prayers that the people of God have got to pray for a long time, and I go, all right, well, I'm going to have to adopt this one because I don't, I don't have good words right now. And what I'll do is in those moments, pray those prayers, and then somehow God forms and shapes and a little bit of time comes on, and then all of a sudden my words get to come out and my heart begins to come out. And so... The objection is I don't have time, but the truth is this. You can pray all throughout your day. So there's a, a couple practices I want to I give you. Um, one is an acrostic. We did a series on this actually during, during the pandemic. Uh, um, and so we, it, we weren't gathering together. We were just recording the messages, and we had just launched our church. So I'm going to tell you all this, um, tell you all what the series was on, because there may have been three people that saw it. So <clears throat> it, was, uh, it was on prayer. And um, the acrostic was pray, P-R-A-Y, all right, P-R-A-Y, and um, uh, it, it, it's a way to approach God in prayer. 
So if you have a hard time remembering things or anything in general, that's an easy one because what are you about to do? You're going to pray. So what's the acrostic? Pray. There it is. So the words are pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. So it's a model. So you just pause. Before you do anything, a lot of us, when we go to God, we just go straight into just barfing our guts out. We're just going to, oh, okay, here's God. This is what all's going on. Well, instead, the first thing we do is to recognize is to pause and go, Okay, I recognize I'm at the center of the universe. God is. Let me just pause for a second. All right. And then we rejoice, thank God in gratitude for what he's done. God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Some days it's easier to come up with stuff than others. So walk through it. Because what are you doing? You're working out, man. You're training. Then you go in to ask. God, this is, you, you told me I get to ask you for things. I get to ask you for stuff. You said you have not because you ask not, well, I want to have, so I'm going to ask, all right? So you ask, and then at the end, you yield, and you go, okay, God, here's the deal. Whatever, wh- whatever comes from this, wherever I am in my life, right, wherever that is, God, you're in control, and I yield to you. There's pray. So there's an app. It's called uh, Lexio 365, and uh, it uses this. The, the um, comes from a, a guy named uh, uh, Pete, uh, Pete Gregg. And uh, he wrote a book called How to Pray, and um, it was on how to pray. <laughs> and uh, he used the acrostic pray, and then they, uh, he started these prayer rooms all over the world uh, over the past 20 years, and they're 24-7 prayer rooms, which means people are praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then he came out with this app, and uh, it takes basically that acrostic pray, and it moves it into two times during the day, in the morning and at night. And so what you can do is you can use that to kind of, train yourself on how to pray. So you're going to start the day off right, end the day uh, right. And um, you can follow along and read it. You can even, you know, put in headphones or something and um, listen to it and learn and train. So I, I wanted to give you a, a, a tool, a practice to be able to do that. Now, how do I create time? It takes like seven or eight minutes. And um, you begin to do that and you'll recognize that entry point into, um, into prayer, into, into talking with God. All right, the last one is this. I don't think prayer matters. I'll say this one for last. A lot of times we feel, we, we, we ha- we feel this way because we have unanswered prayer. And there are things we've asked God for a long time and we just haven't seen a change. And so Paul says this in one of his letters, Ephesians 3. He says, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family, everybody say family, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. Look at this. We just sang about it earlier. How wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. What can you ask and imagine? I can, I can imagine a lot. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. So, so, so Paul's praying here. So why are you praying, Paul? Why are you praying? He says, I ask and I kneel before the Father. The answer is this. Because this is where I get my identity. This is where I find out 
who I am, where every single family gets its identity, is actually in God. It's in Christ. That's where, that's where who I am really, really, who I, where I really find out who I am is in, is in Christ. And it's where I get my identity. In the end, we're not praying so that we can become less dependent on God. The thought isn't if I just pray more, then I'll get better, and then I don't have to depend on God as much. If you've prayed for any length of time at all, you'll recognize that we don't pray so that we become less dependent on God. We pray because we've become more dependent on God. We're, we're, we're desperate for God to move in our own lives. Here's the, mystery of, here's the mystery of prayer. God is able to do more than we ask or imagine, but where does God do his work? In us. That's where God does his work. God could snap his fingers and make everybody in the world have visions of Jesus immediately. But he calls us to be missionaries. God could, God could say the word and all of a sudden there's revival all over this world. But he wants us to learn the practice of hospitality and evangelism. Where's his work? It's in us. He could do this. He could do that. But he... He, he wants his abundant power to be made known through his church. And so the objection is, I don't think prayer matters, but the truth is, is that prayer is participation in God's work. It's actually participating in, in, in God's work. Oftentimes what we want to say is that we either pray or we work. You go, well, Joel, you're the, you, 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 there's, there's, people, there's two kinds of people in the church. There's people that pray and there's people that work. And I'm a worker. I'm a doer. That's what I do. I'm a doer. I get things done. Let me just tell you something. I love people that get things done. There's a lot of talkers in the world. I haven't been around too long, but I've been around long enough. There's a lot of talkers in the world. I love me some people that get stuff done. I love doers. But here's what I've found out when it comes to prayer. The people that pray are the people also that do. And the people that do are the people that pray. And God asked him to us. God asked us to join him in his work, in that in that work of prayer. And so, my kids are older now. I remember um, when they were uh, when they were younger, and I'd ask them for help. Uh, they they actually weren't a great help. They weren't. I'd say, Hey, can you help me um, do these dishes? And it didn't always work out very well. It definitely took longer, all right? I'd say, hey, can you, I remember one of my favorite pictures is of, of uh, uh, Lindsay and Sophie, and, they're, and she's little, and she's standing on this little stool, and they're making cookies. It's actually, it's a Christmas picture. They were making Christmas cookies. Y'all like, oh, yeah, I know. That's how I feel about it, man. So they're making Christmas cookies, and then I have this other picture where they're belly laughing at something that just happened. I don't know if they dropped a cookie or whatever. And so I can tell you this. The cookies that Lindsay was making would have taken half the time to make if she had been doing it by herself. And she didn't want to do it by herself. She wanted to do it with her daughter. Can I just tell you something? There's a, there's a mystery there when it comes to prayer. That God can snap his fingers and, and, and all the things could change. 
but for whatever reason, he has limited himself to work alongside and through you and me. And the only way, almost all the time, most of the time, that anything happens or gets done is, we, is when we engage with him, when we engage in prayer. That's, that's, that's when things happen. And that is the invitation. That is the invitation. The invitation is to, is to, this is the picture. It's not always making cookies, but sometimes it is. If you have a struggle in your mind right now of God inviting you to do something, I just want you to picture the creator of heaven and earth inviting you into the kitchen to make some cookies, Christmas cookies. He, he, he loves that idea. He loves that thought. He, want, he wants to participate with you. That is the invitation to prayer. So this morning, he has given us a tool, a way, a grace for us to remember what he's done and that invitation. It's in your seat. We're going to take communion together this morning. So if you would, we have, uh, for right now, we're still using our uh, communion cups. There's a little uh, uh, cup of uh, juice that's in the cup, and then there's a little wafer that's on top. If you want to go ahead and open up those, we're going to take those together. But this, this morning, what I want you to do is I want you to, in your mind, hear the invitation of God to you into relationship. And the, and the, and the way that he's done this is the mystery of communion. Mystery of communion. And... and, and and we get to have relationship with him. So this morning, in the scriptures, we read that Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, was with the disciples, and he took the cup, and he took the bread, and he said, this is my body that was broken for you. And if you would... take that wafer, if you take that cup in your hand, hold it in your hand. He says, this is my body that was broken for you. Father, this morning we recognize you have given your body, your broken body for us in order that we might have life. God, you took on brokenness in order that we may receive freedom. So this morning we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your broken body. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take this together. Then Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood that was shed for many. Father, I thank you for your gift, for your blood, for sending your son Jesus when we recognize that it's only by your blood that we're saved. And it's by your stripes, God, that we receive healing. We recognize the invitation this morning into the more of you. We thank you for it. Amen. We'll take the cup with you. This morning, maybe you're here, you say, Joel, I feel the invitation of Jesus to lean into prayer this year, and, and I want to acknowledge that this morning. So if, there's, if you would, everybody just where you are, would you just close your eyes with me? Maybe that's you and you say, I feel the invitation of Jesus this morning. I want to acknowledge it. The invitation 
Look, the invitation isn't to pray more. The invitation is to become a people of prayer. And so if that's you this morning and that's your prayer, God, help me this year to become a person of prayer. Just as a confession, would you just raise your hand real high when you put it back down? I want to become a person of prayer. Yeah, that's good. Yes, yes, yes. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. Or maybe you're in here, you'd say, in order, Joel, in order for me to take my relationship with the Lord deeper, I actually need to start it first. And so your prayer is a little different. It's more like, Lord, I want to begin 2023 as a follower of Jesus. I, I haven't entrusted my life completely to Jesus yet, but, but I want to today. If that's you, there's nobody looking around. You want to receive the free gift of Jesus today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real high when you put it back down? God, this morning we are so grateful. We get to be here on the first day of the year in freedom, recognizing your invitation. Lord, I thank you for the message that you've given us today, your invitation into relationship with you. I pray for every person that lifted their hand today. God, in a confession as to respond to your invitation, I want to become a person of prayer. In, in unity with God, Lord, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would cultivate our hearts, our words, our thoughts, our desires. Lord, that you would turn these people, our church, into a people of prayer, God, not for our own sake, God, but for your glory and for the renewal of this city. God, I pray that others would feel the, your heart, your loving heart, as the people in this church leave this space and recognize that God's, that your, recognize your heart for them. Do it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What a good morning. I'm excited to be here on this this first day of the year. I'm excited. I'm I'm anticipating the year. And it's not because I think there's not going to be any trials and and tough times and it, that I think it's going to be it it is. Like I know there's going to be tough times. There's going to be a lot of hurdles and who knows what's around the corner. But also remember that God said he's as close as the shadow on our right hand. The psalmist wrote that. He said, I'm that close. And so we can go into 2023. I was thinking about this morning. We can go in confident because he's with us. And it doesn't matter what, what trials we're going to encounter because we will. Scripture says that all through it. Uh, but we can know he is perfect and he is trustworthy and he loves us. And so we walk with Jesus into this new year. That makes me excited. And I know it makes you excited too. And if it doesn't, it should. <laughs> so yay, 2023. Hey, thank you for being with us this morning, truly. If it's your first time here at Four Corners, we would love the opportunity just to reach out and say thank you for coming. I'll write you a quick little note. There are some connection cards inside the bulletins that are uh, on each chair. So if you want to take a moment and fill one of these out, you can drop it off in the drop box right there in the back before you exit. Um, and if you've got any prayer requests, anything you would like to reach out with us, uh, whether you're a guest or you've been here since we began the church, um, this is a great way to connect with us and let us know how to, how to reach out with you uh, during the week. Uh, the church talks a lot about giving, and uh, giving to God is not... Um, 
paying God back for the grace that he gave us. It's not paying God back for forgiveness. We will never actually be able to repay God for his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. Uh, that is a no-strings-attached gift that he offers us. Um, however, giving is a discipline, and it is uh, something we're instructed to practice. And we don't give for God's sake. We give for our sake, uh, truly. We, we have the opportunity to give for our sake. It helps us keep our priorities sorted out and helps us remember that we can trust God with everything that we have. And um, so giving is an act of obedience to God, and it is a trust and a faith in him and, and a trust that he'll take care of us. And I can say, like as a witness, firsthand witness, God takes care of his people. And uh, when, you, when you prioritize, you put God first, you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give and trust you. He not only takes care of you, he takes care of us, but he also multiplies this little bit that I'm able to offer, which seems insignificant, and he does more than we can ever ask or imagine. And so I want to encourage you as you walk into 2023, seek the Lord and say, how can I give back to you, God? If you call Four Corners Church your home, I encourage you to give to God through your local church. And so here at Four Corners, you can give online, you can give uh, via text. I think there's a, little, a number there. Or you can also give cash or check uh, in the donation box right before you exit. But uh, remember, every good and perfect gift comes from him. Remember that as you walk into 2023. It all comes from him. It's all from him. It belongs to him. And he generously blesses us with it. All right. Hey, will you guys stand with me? What a good, what a good way to start this year off. Hey, I want to say a prayer for you on your way out. Would you hold your hands out like this? God has, uh, God has good gifts. I don't give the best gifts. God gives the best gifts. So I want to pray for you this morning. May you go this week, this morning, overflowing with the peace, the love, the joy of the Holy Spirit. May it spill over out of your life and into those around you. May he cover you and surround you with his peace. Every step that you take, everywhere that you go. And may you bless those around you as you go. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, love you guys.